You're listening to Episode 3 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there, and welcome to Episode 3 of Chat About Children, where we chat about all things children and support and empower you to grow with the children in your life. This episode is part one, where we look at foundations for learning to read and spell with a real focus on the preschooler, so children aged between three to five years of age. We're going to kick off today's episode looking at speech and language milestones for this age group, and we're also going to look at what we expect for children who are speaking another language. We did look at milestones last episode too, with a focus on birth to two years, so this is pretty much a continuation looking at that three to five-year-old age range. So we'll touch on, as I said, people speaking another language at home and how that impacts on those milestones. And within the speech and language milestones, I'll also be touching on play skill development, which is an important aspect that we must consider and must observe when we're looking at our children's milestones. I'll mention also if you have any concerns, what to do about that, if you're listening to milestones and and feeling like there's something that needs follow-up, we'll chat about that briefly. And then we'll also get to some really easy, simple to apply strategies on how to build and boost your child's oral language development, which is basically a key fundamental to children being able to learn to read and spell. Within that, we're going to look at some practical ways to really power up vocabulary and build a child's vocabulary in six easy ways. And also stick around to hear my thoughts on screen time. It's something that is brought up in conversation a lot in parenting circles, in educational settings. So hang around and listen to my thoughts on screen time. And of course, I'll also let you know a bit about what's due to happen in episode four, which will be part two of Foundations for Learning to Read and Spell. Okay, so let's start the chat. So learning to speak, learning to communicate is basically a crucial part of a child's development. And of course, it is going to help them progress in their preschool and early school years in terms of mastering those rules of language. So even though children are going to vary in their development, in their developmental stages, it's important that we chat about milestones. And that way you have a bit of a rough guide as to what typical development is and you can ascertain whether your child or a child you work with might need a little bit more help. So let's have a look at milestones. We're going to focus on three to five-year-olds. We're going to look at language skills, so receptive language, which is understanding of language. We're going to look at expressive language, which is how a child uses language. We'll also look at speech sounds, which is the pronunciation of various sounds and how clearly they're pronounced. And within this, I also want to touch on play skills because play skills are a very important precursor or a fundamental skill in learning how to communicate and use verbal communication. All right, so looking at a three-year-old, when we think about a three-year-old and their understanding of language, at three years, they can typically start to understand more complex directions, directions that will have two parts to them. So for example, give me the doll and throw the ball. So there's a two-part instruction there. At three years, they'll also understand more what we call WH questions like what, where and who. So questions that start with that. Who is that? Where are we going? What are you doing? Those kinds of simple WH questions. And at three years, children will also understand different concepts. For example, like same and different. Like show me the ones that are the same and show me the ones that are different. 
Also at this age, they'll be able to sort items into groups when asked. So for example, if you've got various objects on a table and you were to say, let's put all the toys in one group and put all the foods in another group, they should start to be able to have that sorting in place. So that covers off the understanding that we expect for a child of three years. In terms of speaking, Typically what they're or what we're expecting is that they're able to say four to five words in a sentence. So really their sentences are starting to get longer as their vocabulary builds. And they've got a variety of words they should be using now, whether it's action words like running, skipping, jumping, whether it's location words or whether they're describing something um, or naming something. So lots of different words are typically in their vocabulary that they can make sentences of four to five words in length they should also have a be able to have a conversation. They might not be able to take turns yet. They might not be able to stay on topic um, 100% at three years of age, but they can certainly have a conversation with you. Now, in terms of play skills, as I mentioned, an important precursor for communication, at three years of age, what we're expecting or what we typically see is that in play, children are often playing beside other children at three years of age. They'll use symbols in play, like they might use a stick and pretend that it's a sword. And they might start also role playing, like familiar themes, like they're pretending they're going to the doctor. Um, they're pretending they're going shopping. So they'll role play those familiar themes to them. And they might also go a bit beyond the familiar. So they might uh, role play that they're a fireman rescuing someone. So those kind of play skills are typically what we expect at three years of age. Moving on to four years of age. So here in terms of their understanding of language, children are really understanding most questions about you know daily routines that are happening and understanding most of those WH questions we mentioned before. And like the who, what, when, where. Really, they should be able to answer those, you know, related to a story that they've just heard. So, you know, if you're reading a book, Spot went to the park. So where did Spot go and what did he do at the park? So when you're asking those in relation to a story, um, we'd expect they'd be able to understand and answer those types of questions. Also, at four years of age, children are showing an awareness that some words might start or finish with the same sounds. So they might be aware that ball has a but and then Rob has a but at the end and ball has a but at the beginning. So there's some awareness just starting to creep through at four years of age. In terms of their speaking, their sentences are getting longer now. So we'd expect that those longer sentences are happening with more words in their vocabulary and they're starting to make those sentences longer by using connecting words like and or but or because. So I want to go home because it's cold. So adding those connector words is happening at, typically at about four years of age. And also at this age, they're able to describe you know, and recount something that they've just done. So it may have been that they went to the park in the morning and they should be able to tell you what they've done that morning at the park. You'll find that at four years of age, typically children are asking a lot of questions. So this is really typical and really lovely, actually. That's how they learn. We want to keep that curiosity alive. So they are asking a lot of questions. And what you want to do is do your best at answering those questions because that's how they're going to get the most out of it. Also, there are more concepts developing. You know, they'll be doing more counting. They'll be naming their colors. So you'll see a lot of that emerging at four years of age. In terms of their play skills, here their play changes a little in that they might be playing in small groups, like with two or three kids, and they're continuing their pretend play and also playing games with simple rules. And that would be something like hide and seek. 
Then moving on to five years of age, in terms of a child's understanding of language, now they can understand longer instructions. So perhaps three-part instructions, like put on your socks, get your water bottle, and then wait at the door. So an instruction that's longer and it has three parts to it. And we'd also expect that they're starting to understand some words that have time in there, like before and after instructions. Before you put your shoes on, put your socks on. So where they have to sequence something using an understanding before and after. Also, we'd expect at five years that a child's understanding instructions without having to stop and listen. As you can hear, there's a, a gradual development going on year by year with the complexity that they can handle in what they're understanding. In terms of their speaking, we're expecting that a five-year-old will use pretty well-formed sentences and that they'll be understood by most people. So now they can take turns in a longer conversation, they can tell some simple stories, and the stories will typically have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So the way that they're able to speak and communicate becomes a little more sophisticated. In terms of play skills, their play continues to be quite imaginative and they're starting to negotiate during play with other peers that they're playing with and you'll find that they include other themes. So not just things that they've experienced, but they might be playing um, you know, a game where they're pretending to go to space or something like that. So that covers off the oral language and the play skills for children three to five. But how about speech sounds? And as I mentioned in the in the beginning, speech sounds is really the articulation, how we pronounce words and how clearly we're saying our sounds. Preschool children, they're using much longer sentences and their speech should really be understood by unfamiliar people um, about you know, 75 to 100% of the time. Certainly by in five years of age, an unfamiliar listener should really be able to understand the child's speech in conversation you know, 100% of the time. At about four years of age, a child can say most of their consonant sounds correctly and also most of their vowel sounds correctly. And between four and five, this is when you know, some of their pre-literacy skills start to be you know, a little more reinforced where they're starting to do you know, rhyming words and syllables and understanding that words can have little chunks in them. And you know, pre-literacy skills, I won't go into it too much now because that's actually going to form the, you know, the most part of part two, which will be next episode, Foundations for Learning to Read and Spell. So we'll go into that more next episode. But certainly in terms of speech sounds and pronunciation, Usually by the time a child is ready for school entry, if they're in Australia, they're entering school around age five, um, usually they might still have trouble with the R sound, like R as in rabbit, where it could sound like a W. So instead of saying rabbit, it sounds like wabbit. So they might still have a bit of trouble with the R sound and also with the TH sound. So TH such as thank you, it might be thank you. So what they're doing there is instead of saying a TH, they're putting an F sound in there like F for Fred. And that is very age appropriate. And they would be the two sounds that we'd expect they still may not have when they get to school entry. Um, another common one is a lisp. And this is where the S goes to a TH sound. So for example, it is sunny outside rather than having that crisp, clean S sound. Their tongue comes through their teeth and they would say it is sunny outside. So that is something we call an interdental lisp. And it's quite, it can be um, commonly heard in children, but we'd expect that by that, you know, four and a half age range that they should have outgrown that typically. These are some, 
I guess, some characteristics for you to be aware of so that you can have reassurance if you're hearing some of those and they're quite little or if they're beyond that age and you think, "Mm, do we need to follow this up? Gives you a little bit of a guide. So what if you do speak another language at home that's not English? How do these milestones apply to your child or the children that you work with? Well, basically, the same milestones can be applied. So if you have um, Arabic as your home language, you would, for example, look at, okay, well, at five years of age, they should be understanding three-part instructions. So the same thing applies, just that those instructions would be in Arabic rather than in English. You'd expect that they'd be able to have that long conversation in Arabic um, rather than in English. And that's really looking at, Um, The language that is your dominant language or your home language, if your child is exposed to uh, your home language more than the community language, then yes, we'd expect that that their home language might be that little bit stronger. So you can still use the milestones as a guide. You just look at them um, and apply them to the home language that you speak. Obviously, speech sounds are going to be a little bit different depending on the language you speak. Some sounds exist in English that don't exist in other languages. So if you're not sure about that, then certainly, you know, a speech pathologist has that um, training that they can actually listen to what is an influence from a home language and what is actually an error in their pronunciation. If you're not sure, it's best to seek some advice from a speech pathologist on that one. So if you are concerned, if you've listened to the milestones and you're thinking, okay, my child's not quite, you know, there and they're four years old and they're not doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and, um, you know, you're wondering what to do next. One of the first ports of call, of course, is to chat to you know, your medical professional, your family doctor, um, get your child's hearing checked. So hearing plays a big part in you know the feedback that we get back in terms of understanding communication and us also developing clear speech sounds. So seeing your family doctor, getting your child's hearing checked, and of course, having some contact with uh, your local speech pathologist will also be able to give you some reassurance and some guidance as to whether your child does need any extra help or assistance. So let's move on to some six practical, easy to apply strategies on how to really power up your child's vocabulary and why is it so important anyway. Between the ages of two and five, children learn at a really at an extraordinary pace, like they're understanding and they're remembering words that they may have only heard once or twice. So I guess a little word of warning, if you haven't already worked it out, be careful about your own language because your children will pick up on the good and the bad and the ugly in terms of what you say. Um, But in terms of spoken vocabulary, a, a strong spoken vocabulary is linked to very high levels of being able to read and understand what you're reading. And also vocabulary is quite necessary for developing skills like understanding and applying information that we've heard. It's going to help um, a child to create a message, to create information that they want to express successfully. So a strong vocabulary is a a key uh, factor that's going to assist and that is a key foundation for learning to read and spell effectively. So how can you encourage the growth of your child's vocabulary? Let's kick off our six practical ways to do this. The first one is interactive book sharing. There is an article on chataboutchildren.com where I do go into the specifics of how to make book sharing interactive. And when it's interactive, it just does so much in terms of enriching a child's language skills and language development. You know, don't feel like you've got to run out there and buy heaps of books because you've got libraries that you can access 
hopefully you can access. And that will also save on cost. So if you can access library books, uh, that will give you variety and that will give you some cost effectiveness in sharing books with your child. So how do you share books interactively? In summary, it means that you're not having your child just sit there and listen to you reading a story to them. It means that you're making it engaging and a little bit more fun. You might have a book that you start reading. So it could be Spot woke up one morning and decided to go to the circus. You say, oh, who woke up that morning? Oh, it was Spot. And where did he go? And he went to the circus. And we've been to the circus before. And what did we see at the circus? So you can see just with, say, one page, you're asking WH questions, which in turn, you're looking at getting a response from them. You're also then relating that to something that they've experienced before. So you stimulate further conversation from that one page or that one sentence. And then this is obviously going to help enrich each page you go through. And you might find you don't get through the whole book and that's totally fine. And if you're finding that your child is at a level where they, for example, they can't answer WH questions, then just look at naming what's on the pictures. Be interested in what's on there. There's ball, there's shoes, there's car. And then, you know, what's that? Or point to the car. So you're doing a combination of asking them questions so that they can answer back, but also having them show that they understand what different things are. So that's also going to be a big help in terms of building their vocabulary. Strategy two is speak to your child using a variety of words. So here what we're saying is be really mindful of your own vocabulary. And rather than just using, for example, the word big to describe something, add other words that give the same meaning. So for example, you could say, oh, there's a big truck. Or you could say, that truck is gigantic. Look how huge it is. It's just enormous. So you can see the richness that comes from being mindful and using a variety of words yourself so that your child can hear and understand how they're applied. And down the track, the more they hear them, they'll start to incorporate it in their own vocabulary and use it when they're speaking themselves. Strategy number three in how to power up your child's vocabulary, be specific and be really descriptive. So the more words that your child's going to hear on a daily basis, the more likely they're going to learn them, they're going to absorb them and they're going to use them. For example, rather than asking your child to, hey, can you pick up the teddy bear? You might say, can you pick up that teddy bear with the blue pants and the striped shirt? And in return, you might eventually want your child to use specific words. So for example, if they say to you, hey, can you um, get me my car, please? And you might say, which car? The large blue car or the tiny spotted car? And of course, they'll then respond, oh, you're the tiny spotted car or the large blue car. Being specific and descriptive will really get a lot of different vocabulary modeled to your child so that they can start to use it. Moving on to strategy number four, you want to use everyday life opportunities to reinforce words and also start to reinforce the alphabet. In our everyday, there are just so many opportunities that we can build vocabulary. We've got meal times, bath time, getting dressed, brushing teeth, driving somewhere, etc., etc. Those routines that happen every day are perfect for you to talk to your child about what's happening at the time. For example, if it's bath time, you might say, we're pouring water into the big blue cup, pouring, pouring, pouring. So here you're being specific, you're being descriptive, you're putting an action to what you're doing. 
and they're going to have a bath anyway. So you're just really complementing the daily routine with some really rich language samples. To extend further your preschool age child, you might get them to start recognizing letters and sounds that they make. So you might start with you know letters in your child's name. So if your child's name is Max, for example, you might say, oh, Max has the letter M, makes a M mm sound. Okay, we're on the road and can we find any signs that have the letter M? And it can be like a little I spy game where you can find that M sound, uh, the M letter and talk about the M sound. So using those focus letters is a way to just extend your preschool child so that they start to become aware of what a letter is and what a sound is and know that there's a difference between the two. Moving on to strategy number six. Another fun thing you can do is make label cards for objects or items around the house. Now you might just choose one room in the house and label some of the really simple words. So in a bedroom, you might label a bed or a rug to start with. So just nice, short, simple words and you can talk about the letters that are in that word and the sounds they make. So if you label bed, you can say, look, I can see the letter B and it makes a B sound, B for bed. So just putting a few words, labeling a few um, items in a specific room that are quite basic, that you can just have a talk about those sounds and the letters. It's not there to test children. It's not there to teach children. It's there to just be exposed um, to children so they can have that you know, opportunity to listen to someone talking about letters and sounds without asking them to really have to do anything in return. Okay, and our final sixth strategy is look at sorting and and categorizing or grouping some really common household items. Now, this is really good because it's going to help your child organize information in their brain and it gives them a chance to see what they're hearing. So the idea is that your child is able to describe and to sort objects in various ways. So for example, you might get different socks, different shoes, different colored pencils, um, cutlery like forks and knives, and you might sort those into categories or groups. So you might say, okay, let's put all the red items over here in or in one basket. Let's get all the tiny items, put them in this basket, etc. So that you're grouping things by color or by size. Um, and that's going to help your child start to organize their information into, into categories and into groups so that when they need to draw on a word, it's more organized within their brains. When you put together those six strategies, what you'll find is just a real, a real boost. And you'll find that you'll be quite amazed at how quickly your children pick up on those words, both in understanding and in using those words too. So with all this talk about successful language development and ways to boost it and what we expect to see with milestones, I do have to mention screen time habits. And this is something that I encourage parents not to get too defensive about. Um, I've been a speech pathologist you know, for a number of years and a question that I've just, I've had to ask more than ever is how much screen time does your child have a day? And screen time can be anything, iPads, TVs, phones, computers, portable DVDs, etc. But why do I need to ask that question? The simple answer is screen time is so easily accessible these days. And over the years, there's been such an increase in children's exposure and an increase in their dose of daily screen time that among other factors, screen time can contribute to a language delay. 
It can. Um, and it can contribute to social skills difficulties. If the screen time is so excessive that it takes away from human interaction time, if it takes away from the opportunity for a child to practice listening and practice using language. When I refer to one of Australia's parenting websites and it talks about screen time recommendations, it basically says that children under two should steer clear of the screen altogether. I know this is something that I did um, for my first child when she, um, before she was born, I wanted to just have no TV until you know she was over two years of age. And that was something that I was able to stick to uh, with her and with my second and almost with my third. It got a little bit trickier, I've got to say. Um, but certainly, um, I, I made it a point of really focusing on human interaction. And then for children aged between two and five, the recommendation is that they shouldn't have more than an hour a day. Um, and then beyond that, so say five to 18, it should be no more than two hours. Now, these are, these are guides, these are recommendations. And I just say, look, before you start calculating how much time your child spends in front of a screen or before you start saying, oh, I'm feeling like a crap parent, I feel bad, I feel guilty, don't even go down that path. Just just understand that the intention here is to raise your awareness and raise some mindfulness of your child's and perhaps your own screen time habits. And, and particularly to those parents who might be a little bit concerned about their child's communication, about their child's social skill development, there just might be a little bit of rejigging done to change that daily screen time menu. Um, you might consider making screen time more of a reward rather than a routine. I know some people are just freaking out by that, but I can say personally from experience, it does help to just apply that moderation. And screen time as a reward works really nicely in terms of being easier to calculate how much time they spend with screens. So I guess generally just exercise some common sense with screen time. Um, I think there's, you know, there's always a subgroup of people that will say, oh, they can learn so much from apps and iPads and TV shows. And I agree. I think there are some fantastic apps. There's some great opportunities to learn different things from some awesome apps. And the same can be said about some really high quality kids TV shows, you know, when possible to enhance that, that learning a bit further when they are watching the screen. Um, every now and then consider just sitting alongside your child, providing them feedback, having a bit of a conversation about what they're watching. And that's just going to add that language to the whole interaction that's happening. Otherwise, it becomes a really passive, potentially a really passive um, situation. So in essence, I think just exercise moderation. Screens can't be the replacement of real human to human interactions, um, particularly in those form in the formative years, you know, in that birth to, you know, six, seven years, you know, human to human interaction is, is quite crucial and moderation is key. So consider just looking at the equation of how much learning are they doing via screen and how much are they experiencing in real life. So in summary, you've now got an understanding of the milestones for speech sounds, for language, for play skills, and that's going to help you track communication development for your child or for the children that you work with. Of course, if you have any concerns, I can't reinforce enough. You're better off seeking advice from someone sooner rather than later, your doctor, a relevant health professional. And as mentioned earlier, please look at getting hearing and ears checked in case there's anything contributing there. Coming up next episode, we've got part two of Foundations for Learning to Read and Spell. 
and we're going to talk further about pre-literacy skills. So some really simple ways to power up very important skills specifically that they're going to need to help them to read and spell. So that's another pre-literacy skills is another foundation block together with what we've talked about today with oral language skills that come together that really help a child learn how to read and spell. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to click on the subscribe button and feel free to leave a rating and review. If you wanted to read further about how to share books interactively, I have got that article on chataboutchildren.com and I also have on the website an article on how to build a child's vocabulary if you wanted to look at those six strategies that we talked about today. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I celebrate you. Take care and chat soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich, www.chataboutchildren.com. Chataboutchildren.com.